Chapter 2 Genesis 22, 2-3 Isaac and Jesus were Part 1 Isaac and Jesus were only begotten sons. Genesis 22, verse 2 Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. The typology between Isaac and Jesus is immediately established strongly. The language used regarding Abraham and Isaac is almost identical to the language used in the New Testament regarding God the Father and His Son. In Genesis 22, verse 2, God said to Abraham, Your son, your only son. He repeated these words two more times. Genesis 22:12, And He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Genesis twenty two sixteen, The angel of the Lord said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have not done this thing, and have not withheld your son, your only son. God does not waste words in Scripture. When He is repetitive, it is for a reason. God does not use highlighting, italics, underlining, or bold for emphasis, but He does repeat Himself when He wants to ensure we do not miss something. God wants us to recognize Isaac was Abraham's son, his only son. Abraham had another son, Ishmael. So, how can God refer to Isaac as Abraham's only son? The word only does not mean single. The Old Testament has three Hebrew words for only. Here are two of them. Genesis 6, 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only, rock, evil continually. Genesis 7.23 So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing and bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only, ach, Noah, and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. The Old Testament is primarily written in Hebrew, with small portions written in Aramaic. And the word only in Genesis 22 verse 2 is yachid, which means unique. It is referring to Isaac being Abraham's special, one-of-a-kind son. The same word is translated as precious elsewhere in Scripture. Psalm 22.20 Deliver me from the sword, my precious yachid, life from the power of the dog. Psalm 35.17 Rescue me from their destructions, my precious yachid, life from the lions. The theological workbook of the Old Testament says yachid means only begotten son. This makes Isaac look like Jesus, the only begotten son of God. Begotten does not mean created. The writers of the Nicene Creed wanted to make sure nobody misunderstood the word. So they said, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. The creed teaches Jesus is eternal, and as the Son of God is equal with God. If begotten does not mean created, what does it mean? The Greek word for only begotten is monogonese, 
and it means single of its kind. Again, it means Jesus is God's unique son. This separates him from believers who are sons and daughters of God by adoption, and angels who are also called sons of God. Genesis 6-4, Job 1-6, 2-1, Compare with Hebrews 1-5-14. Monogonese only occurs nine times in Scripture. Three times Luke used the word to describe parents who lost an only monogonese child. Luke 7.12, 8.42, and 9.38. Five times John used the word to refer to Jesus as the only begotten monogonese son. John 1.14 and 18, 3.16 and 18, and 1 John 4.9. The last use identifies the other individual in Scripture given the same title as Jesus. Hebrews 11.17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, his only begotten monogenes son. God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac instead of Ishmael because he wanted him to sacrifice his only begotten, special, unique, precious son. This looked forward to God sacrificing his only begotten, special, unique, precious son. Isaac and Jesus were named by God. Genesis 22, verse 2. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. The mention of Isaac's name draws a connection to Jesus. Isaac also had the rare distinction of being named by God instead of being named by earthly parents. Notice the parallelism between these verses. Genesis 17:19. Sarah shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Matthew 1:21. Mary shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Isaac and Jesus were loved by their fathers. Genesis 22, verse 2. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. The principle of first mention encourages Bible scholars to take notice of the first time words are used in the Old and New Testaments, and even in each book of the Bible. The idea is God reveals the truest meaning of a word when it first occurs. Genesis 22 verse 2 contains the first use of the word love. Considering the different relationships involving love, for example, mother to a son, daughter to a father, sister to a brother, husband to a wife, makes it more significant that the first time the word love is in the Old Testament, it describes the love a father feels toward his son. The first time the word love occurs in the New Testament also describes a father's love for a son. God's words at Jesus' baptism echo his words to Abraham. This is my son, whom I love. Matthew 3.17 The parallel verses in Mark 1.11 and Luke 3.22 are also the first time the word love is used in each gospel. As Isaac was the object of his father's love toward the beginning of the Old Testament, so too was Jesus the object of his father's love toward the beginning of the New Testament. Isaac and Jesus reveal God's love for the world. God stated his love for Jesus at the beginning of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. However, a change takes place in John's gospel. 
The first time John uses the word love, he describes God's love not for his son, but for the world. A love so great that God was willing to sacrifice the son he stated his love for in the previous three Gospels. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 Abraham loved his son, but he was willing to give him up because of his love for God. Similarly, God the Father loved his son, but he was willing to give him up because of his love for us. Isaac and Jesus were offered up. Genesis 22, verse 2. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. The Hebrew word for offered is Allah, but it does not mean given or presented as we would expect. It means to go up, ascend, climb, be taken or lifted up. The idea is that when something is sacrificed, it is lifted up to God. Of the 889 times Allah occurs in the Old Testament, 676 times it translates as up. When Abraham was commanded to offer Isaac, he was essentially commanded to lift him up. Jesus spoke of his sacrifice this way. John 3.14 As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. John 12.32 If I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Isaac and Jesus were burnt offerings. Genesis 22 verse 2 Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. God did not just ask Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. He specifically said to offer him as a burnt offering. Again, God is repetitive to make sure we do not miss this. The words burnt offering occur six times between verses 2 and 13. Almost every other verse reminds us Isaac was to be a burnt offering. Leviticus 1 describes burnt offerings. They were voluntary acts of worship to express devotion to God, or they could serve as an atonement for unintentional sins. The meat, bones, and organs were completely burnt, and this was God's portion. The animal's hide was given to the Levites, who could later sell it to earn money for themselves. Burnt offerings make a fitting picture of Christ. Three times they are called an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Leviticus 1, verses 9, 13, and 17. Paul applies this imagery to Jesus. Christ has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Ephesians 5, 2. The key verse is Leviticus 1.4. Let's look at it piece by piece. Leviticus 1.4a says, The priest shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering. This communicated the transmission of the sin to the sacrifice, and it looked to the way our sins are transmitted to Christ. Isaiah 53.6 says, The Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. In many pictures of the account, Abraham has the knife in one hand and his other hand is on Isaac's head to maintain the imagery. Leviticus 1.4b 
says the burnt offering will be accepted on the sinner's behalf, looking to the way Christ died in our place. Leviticus 1.4c says the burnt offering will make atonement for the sinner, looking to the way Jesus made atonement for our sins. Leviticus 6.11 says the priest shall carry the ashes of the burnt offering outside the camp. Hebrews 13.12-13 uses the same language discussing Christ's sacrifice. He suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Leviticus 1.9 and 13 say, The priest shall burn all on the altar. Burnt offerings were completely consumed, and Jesus is the true and greater burnt offering who was willing to be completely consumed for our sins. Isaac and Jesus were sacrificed in Jerusalem. Genesis 22, verse 2. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Jerusalem has a rich history. It is mentioned 643 times in Scripture, which is much more than any other location. This does not even include the times it is called Zion, the city of David, or referenced indirectly. Babylon is second, occurring only 262 times. Jerusalem is first mentioned in Genesis 14:18 when Melchizedek, the king of Salem, shows up in Scripture. Salem means peace, hence Jerusalem being the city of peace. Before the Israelites entered the Promised Land, God told them He would choose a place for Himself. You shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses, out of all your tribes, to put His name for His dwelling place, and there you shall go. Deuteronomy 12:5. Also, verses 11, 14, 18, 21, and 26. The Canaanites controlled the Promised Land when Israel entered it. Since Jebusites inhabited Jerusalem, it was called Jebus. Joshua 10, verses 1, 3, 5, and 23. Joshua 15, 63 says, As for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Israel could not drive them out, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem to this day. The Jebusites remained in Jerusalem until David conquered it, drove out the Jebusites, and made it his capital. 2 Samuel 5, 6-7 and 9 records, David and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. Then David dwelt in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built all around from the millow and inward. While David lived in the palace, he decided God should have his own house. 2 Samuel 7, 1-2 records, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains? Although David's desire was good, God told him his son Solomon would build the temple instead. 2 Samuel 7.13 2 Chronicles 3.1 says, 
Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to David his father at the place that David had appointed on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. Genesis 22 verse 1 says, God tested Abraham, and the test was to see whether Abraham would sacrifice his son. Abraham could pass this test anywhere, but God said to offer Isaac on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Consider the following. God had Abraham travel 50 miles over three days from Beersheba to Jerusalem. God showed Abraham the specific location to sacrifice Isaac. The account serves as a picture of what God would later do with his son. More than likely, the location God revealed to Abraham was Calvary or Golgotha. Moriah means chosen by Jehovah, and God chose this location for Abraham to sacrifice Isaac because 2,000 years later, he would sacrifice his son on this same mountain. The decision of God to establish his temple at Moriah in Jerusalem has affected all history. For this mountain became the focus of the holy city where his son was crucified, and it will continue to affect history. For from this city he loves, he will someday rule the nations of the earth. Isaac and Jesus were accompanied by two men on their way to be sacrificed. Genesis 22, verse 3 and 5. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Isaac was accompanied by two men on his way to being sacrificed, like Jesus was accompanied by two men when he was sacrificed. Matthew 27, 38 says, Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. The two men were not able to witness what took place between Abraham and Isaac. Similarly, when Jesus was sacrificed, Nobody could see exactly what took place between God the Father and God the Son. When Jesus was on the cross, Matthew 27, 45 says, Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. The darkness concealed the divine transaction when our sins were placed on Christ. Questions. Number four. List the parallels between Isaac and Jesus found in Genesis 22, verses 2 through 3. Number five. Can you think of any other similarities in these verses between Isaac and Jesus and Abraham and God? If so, what are they? Number six. How does Jesus' sacrifice reveal God's love? <music> 